Okay, we are live here today with Alana McKenzie Page, who is an author and dating coach. Please note the book in the background, The Art of Feminine Seduction. Today, we're talking to everyone that's going through divorce or may get divorced or have already been divorced. You are going to need to talk to Alana. You're going to need to read her book because from what I understand, Alana, the dating scene out there can be a little rough. How are you today? I am well, but yes, the dating scene is incredibly rough for a majority of the people, I would say. Yeah. What uh, what are you seeing out there? What specifically is going on? I'm I'm hearing some what I would call horror stories as far as, you know, I, I'm in a I've been married 28 years, so we joke about, you know, we won't want to have to train someone new and just what the dating scene would look like. I mean, now it's all app-based. People don't want to meet in person. Tell us what's going on out there. Yeah, that's a lot of what's happening. Um, and, and and just in general, it's sort of like people are very coming to, to dating very freaked out, you know. Um, whether you've been divorced before or not, it's sort of like people come to dating with their stuff on full blast, you know, and then it's two people meeting who are kind of in this place of uh, <laughs> anxiety or worrying about whether they can get into a relationship or not even wanting a relationship and just, you know, dating, dating casually or, um, you know, coming, coming to dating, I guess, with, a, with all of their, with the guns full blazing in, in anxiety or else kind of withdrawn is the other thing I'm seeing is kind of, uh, like <laughs> laxadiacally going into dating. It's like very uh just kind of showing up and yeah, no plan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we've got kind of these two extremes. Um and you know, and, and then people are just struggling with that level of intimacy that is required to to date, to find someone really incredible who matches with you. Um and it's changing. I think it's slowly changing. People are getting better and better, <laughs> we could say, getting uh -huh. more and more aware of how to show up to dating and how to um, create great relationships and communicate. There's a lot of communication training going on right now mm -hmm. in the world. Um, but, you know, in general, it's, it has been pretty bleak. It's been pretty bleak. Well, communication keeps coming up as one of the biggest issues, just, of course, when people are in relationships to begin with. But then, of course, how do you communicate, you know, going in, as you say, guns blazing on one end and lackadaisical on the other. And you just don't know what that person's intentions are. You know, my clients, I was just when you're talking, you know, it, it's one thing if you are going trying to date and you haven't been in a long term relationship, you just you just been in the dating scene for a while. You do have, you know groups of friends and you meet people through friends and so forth. But if you're in a long-term relationship or on the other side of a divorce, you know, people take sides and now your, your, your friend pool has been kind of divided. Um, and so it, I think that would add some additional strain on, on trying to get back into the, the dating scene. Yeah, absolutely. Tim. I mean, the kind of the level of, of grief that can take place during a divorce, right? Divorce is like top three of the, top griefs of life, like right under death of a child. You know what I mean? It's wow. because of that, what you just talked about. It's like, you don't just lose your, um, 
spouse, right? <laughs> you lose kind of an identity. You maybe lose your house. You maybe lose your financial situation. You lose all of these friendships and, and kind of this, this whole picture of what your life has been like. And so to then go from that place into dating, right? You're, you, you do have kind of a whole new identity in a way, right? You've, you've un, you've undone <laughs> a lot of what you had built over, you know, decades, potentially, um, a year to, to many, many decades of marriage for most people. Um, and so I like to think of it as completely starting over. Like it's, it's a complete, you know, yes, you are hopefully coming with all of the knowledge that you've, you've gained from being in a committed relationship for however long you were in it. And I highly recommend that people get into this mindset of it's brand new. Like dating is brand new. First of all, because it is brand new if you have been out of the dating scene for longer than 10 years even. Uh, dating has changed a lot even in, in the past 10 years. Um, and uh, you will be best served by being in that mindset of, of like freshness, I guess, is the word that's coming to mind. Is If you are really meeting someone new with this mindset of, of this is fresh. I don't know who this person is. I don't know how you could even pretend you don't understand how relationships work so that you can really show up fresh for who this new person is and just get curious about what's going on in their world. Um, it, it just leads to so much better relationships. I mean, if people have been through the uh, marriage counseling route before divorce, you know that bringing this curiosity is really effective in having great relationship communication. And it just, if you use that at the beginning of a relationship, it's even more powerful, like to really just come with a clean slate and just bring that curiosity to a new person. Um, you can really, you can really create some incredible connections with people. And I guess the alternative to that is, and I think that advice is, is that makes great sense because if you come into a new relationship and you bring your junk with you or your preconceived ideas, or just you're using your past history to set expectations, or I think, I would come with like a list of here's what things I like, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. this is how I've done it for the last 28 years. So this is what I'm expecting. That's probably not going to fly. No, it's not going to be very, I mean, if you bring that list, maybe that will <laughs> be very illuminating about who you are. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's going to be, you know, oh, here's what I need. And then just some stranger is going to give it to you. I would not say it's going to yeah. work like that. You yeah. know, maybe in for some surprises. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have the, I think just talking to you for seven minutes, you have like the perfect personality for what you do, because this could be a serious topic for some people, right? You got to kind of keep it light because it's, I'm sure especially if they've come out just coming out of a relationship, they've already had that stress. And like you said, one of the top three, you know, traumas in their life. And, and this might be t trauma number three, you know, the dating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it can really, it can really come, <laughs> come across as that. And uh, I do, I do deal with a lot of emotions in my, from my clients. That is often primarily what we do because they've come, off of the dating situation or the lack of 
you know, matches or whatever that's happening. And it is incredibly painful. So uh, a lot of what I do is to, is to sit with that for people. Um, but also, you know, what I had to learn was how to bring this side of myself, the light side of myself to dating and, and bring the fun, even when it isn't you know, I didn't have a great time dating. That's how I came to this work. I, I had a really, really tough time to show up to dating um, and and create relationships that had any depth or lasted uh, any length of time longer than three months. And I think so, we should talk about that a little bit. We kind of skipped right over your background. Like, why are you an expert in this? And I was just rereading your kind of your bio here. You know, she searched high and low in multiple workplaces through several education institutes in three different continents. You know, you've done, uh, you know, read books on mating, dating and connection research and read every book and podcast and TED Talk and YouTube out there. So, I mean, and and you're in, in it, right? Yeah. Well, now I'm now I'm married, but yeah. Well, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I I did go through. I I mean, I went through all of it. Right. It was over yeah. a decade of really actively searching for. Uh, I wanted to be in a marriage. I wanted to be in a committed partnership long term. Um, I I knew that, you know, and I was dating and dating and dating, and it was just it was leading nowhere. I mean, I I really felt very incapable. That was that was kind of how it. Uh, it came it came across for me. Um, I was really incapable of dating for a relationship. And uh, so as you just read that story, um, I you know, I lived all over the world. I did all kinds of different jobs. I um, tried. I really tried. <laughs> I was I was very active. I'm a very active person. Um, and it just wasn't happening for me. And so eventually I started to get very interested in the kind of science, we could say, the science of relationships and the, the all the research that does exist out there about what makes dating work. What, what you know, can you do? What could I do was the question back then uh, to make a connection grow from this initial attraction, like moment of interest into, you know, a marriage, into a full-blown connected relationship that's really, that's meaningful, that is adding something positive to my life, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, getting to live in partnership, you know, building my life alongside someone. This was, those were all sort of the goals. And I just really felt in, incapable of doing that for a very long time. Um, and finding the research, it turns out there are people <laughs> who have, have done the studies. They've looked into what it really takes, you know, um, and it is something that you can learn. So that was very, that kind of fact even in itself was, was a revelation for me in terms of like, oh, I can change it. How it's gone for me before doesn't have to be the way that it goes for me in the future, you know, um, and I think especially for people who have been through divorce, there's the, the language I hear is often a lot about failure. There's mm. a lot of fear um, and sadness about the feeling like there's a failure of relationship that's happened. Um, and, you know, that's that's kind of heartbreaking in itself to be in this place where you feel that you've really failed at something. Um, and I want the message to be that that just because something hasn't worked out doesn't mean that that is the way it's going to be for you forever. Um, you know, it's, it's like 
you get to do it again, or you can try something new, or there are other kinds of relationships out there that maybe would be a better fit for your lifestyle or your desires, or, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's so many options out there. Um, yeah, just like, I want to impart some hope, I guess, to people about, uh, it doesn't have to be the way that it has been. Whether it's, you know, your old relationship dynamics that you played out with your previous partner, you can create new relationship dynamics. Or if it's re really literally a completely new kind of relationship, you know, maybe you don't want to get married again, also totally available now. I mean, there are all kinds of relationships that people are creating that, that aren't necessarily a marriage. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really the the core of it there is like it's possible and what you want is possible. I guess it's surprising but not really surprising to the amount of effort it takes to like you the struggles you went through to get into a relationship. It just just like in maintaining a relationship, it there's not everyone just you know meets the person of their dreams by mistake. It yeah. It's very intentional. And I think that that's what maybe gives as to giving people hope is that there is something they can do about it. If they are finding failure or frustration or fear, you know, in, in the dating scene that there is there, they can take steps to improve. I don't want to say their odds, but improve their likelihood of success. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's really what my work is about is how to improve your odds of success. Um, because there are just like, you know, how to have a better divorce or how to have a better marriage. Uh, there are just proven techniques for how to date in a way that that leads to deeper connection, better intimacy, uh, increased communication, you know, really getting the results that you want in dating to work for you um, instead of, <laughs> you know, experiencing the little heartbreaks all over, being ghosted, um, you know, just kind of the day-to-day -day things that people are dealing with in dating. Um, it's like, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to, not required. So, um, you're kind of the modern day hitch. I'm sure you saw. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what maybe on, on uh, looking at your bio, it says, um, you know, ask, ask me about the, some of uh, the worst, uh, the worst date you've ever been on. Maybe we could start with there just for, I don't know if that it's a funny story or not, but maybe we could go from there and then maybe talk about some, some tips that or advice that you give. And then I, I think, even though I've heard the word ghosted, I think, you know, people like that I'm dealing with that have been in, you know, say 10, 15, 20 year um, marriages. And that, I think that this whole ghosting thing may be a surprise to them. So yeah. We can go there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the, the most shocking one <laughs> that will definitely shock people if they've been married for many, many years um, was that I was taken to a sex club for a third date uh, without requesting to go there or agreeing. It was a surprise. I was told um it was, it was going to be a surprise and I should dress up. <laughs> um, uh. So I was expecting the theater or something like that. Uh, and yeah, I was taken to a, um, a sex club for gangbang night. Wow. And um, that was not my idea of a great time. <laughs> it was not my personal uh, 
desire. It was, it was not something that had anything to do with who I am, what I like, uh, you know, how I enjoy getting to know someone. <laughs> not on the resume uh, you wanted for a future long-term relationship. No, no, it, it was not. Um, and, uh, you know, there's <laughs> the foibles. I, I did not yeah. end up participating in gangbang night. I did get out of there. <laughs> everything was okay. You know, like I'm everything. It was safe. How did that work? Do you have to bring a plus one to be admitted? Is that the trick? You, it you, was, you... Um, yeah, it was free if that you were a partner and you participated. So uh, this man believed that this was his ticket into getting your into, free admission. Yeah. Free admission to the, to the club. And, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was not impressed. I was not impressed. Interesting. Yeah. So that was, I'm glad that was a funny story. That was good. You never yes, know. Could be you know else. I mean, we're over a decade later. I can laugh. Yeah. About. You can talk about <laughs> it. Uh, it, it is a good icebreaker though, right? Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so what, to get there, but yeah. Yeah. It's all yeah, it's all uphill or downhill from there. Um, what tips do you have or what could you how can we frame this? Someone coming out of a long-term relationship, what what tips or advice do you give just in general, kind of high level to kind of tackle this this dating situation? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing would be what we talked about before is to, to bring as much freshness to the experience as you can. And then the second thing is sort of like the double-edged sword of that, which is to recognize that you're, you are still going to experience yourself in dating. So the issues that came up for you in your relationship, in your marriage, are um, likely not going to just disappear just because you are now... Um, spending time with different partners. Uh, and to, and so to really be aware of what those patterns are for you and how, uh, how you tend to communicate and the things that, that you come up against in relating to people and intimacy, um, that they, they can just show up with new people as well. Um, and so you want to be on the lookout for that right away. Like you want to, you want to just be on the lookout for, um, who am I discounting right off the bat without even giving them a chance, um, or who am I uh, kind of pursuing really intensely? This is these are kind of two ways that this shows up very commonly is is either having no interest in someone who's sort of genuinely interested in you and you just feel like like this is no good or um, or feeling very uh, this is the anxious attachment, right? Feeling very much like you need to definitely get this person like you, you there's mm. kind of a chase going on. Uh, even before you really know who they are. So just to be on the lookout of that, there's this kind of push-pull dynamic that happens often for people when they get into dating because their stuff starts to act up um, around the fear of intimacy or um, or just or even getting over-exuberant about uh, how dating is going to work for them now. Um, and if you, if you really want to date successfully, just getting into the, into the freshness of who this new person is, um, the ways they are different from, from your past partner. Um, and, and then allowing, allowing the connection to unfold sort of organically, like really getting into who is this person? Uh, what is the conversation like? What's it like to talk to this person? Um, and, and really just letting it unfold without, 
uh, introducing the kind of the holding or the pushing. Like there's no, there's no need to, to tug and there's no need to push on the relationship. You really just want to be kind of available for connection. You brought up a good point. So many um, therapists that I've talked to in interviewing them and, and marriage coaches and, and the like, they, they talk about people get out of a relationship or get a divorce only to marry the same type of person. Yeah. How do you get people in, in your, in your coaching and your programs and your book to get out of their stuff as you, as you say? Uh, most of it's awareness. I mean, that's really, that's, that's the very first step. You can't, you can't fix anything you don't notice. So it's, it's really about self-reflection first and foremost in terms of, of, of patterns, right? So um, I'll just talk about my own marriage for a second. Uh, so we have a pattern where, um, you know, I'll ask a question or I need an answer about some logistical thing. And then this leads to some shutting down on the other end. And then I go in picking, right? I go in nitpicking. I'm like, well, what about this? What about this detail? What about that? Um, this doesn't help right? <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't help to be, to be like going in and all kinds of like pick, 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 um, doesn't lead to actual communication, right? right? So for me, the awareness there is that, okay, I, when I need information, I can't go in picking, I can't go in picking, I can't go in last minute, right? Uh, if, if I, I'm going to need help with something. I need to be really clear about that. I need to be really clear about the help that I really need instead of trying to, you know, weasel around something. Right. So my pattern <laughs> is to, uh, is to, when I get into that anxiety place is I will just try to, um, I'm trying to think of a good image for this. It's just like, like a little pickaxe, right? I'm just yeah. like chopping at the rock from different angles. Like I'll just go in at different angles and, <laughs> and that's just not helpful, right? It's just not helpful. So um, for me, my work then when I'm, when I'm rewriting this pattern is not for me to be like, well, how can I make him feel less bad? <laughs> it's not about asking that question. It's all about how can I be okay when uh when he feels bad first of all how can i feel okay when when he's having a hard time and also um how can i effectively communicate beforehand if i'm gonna you know if we're trying to work out something logistically and i need it to happen by a certain time in order for me to feel okay <laughs> um you know how do i how do i address that in a timely fashion for myself and for what i need um, and then there are more layers to that, right? Like it's of just, course. there's just more and more layers. Uh, but you, you just start with that very first awareness of like, okay, what is happening here? When, when communication breaks down, when emotions break down, um, what, what is the, what is the catalyst, right? And then what's the catalyst before that? And if you keep going back far enough, I promise you will find yourself. 
<laughs> somewhere gotcha. in that in that cycle. I just heard uh, a conversation earlier today between a couple, and uh, it started out quite tense, right? There was just a question asked, and then the response was very tense coming back. And I just listened to this conversation kind of escalate. <laughs> um, and it occurred to me that the person who called on the phone very first who had a question could have sort of stopped all of the conflict by simply saying, uh, I have a question. Do you have a minute? Right? Like, I was able to sort of think that for myself. I don't I don't know what was going on in their in their situation, their awareness. But right. for me, it was like, imagine if someone called you and then asked you, hey, I have a question. Do you have a minute? And then you could say, yeah, I can help you with this right now. Or you could say, I'm actually really busy. It's a really bad time for me to talk. Like, can I call you in 10 minutes? You know, so it's those kind of things. Like those are the, the little patterns that we tend to repeat. And I say little, but they're actually the things that build up and build up and build up and um, and and lead to relationship uh, breakdown. Mm. So we were talking um, some about some tips earlier. One was get out of your stuff, go in fresh. Yep. <laughs> well, is there like a step two or a step three or how do you what's the purpose? the progress so they've they've become aware they, yes. they've, they've decided they're going to leave their stuff behind and they go on a date what any any tips or tricks or what do you got for us yeah so what i teach is intimacy creation and this is that's what the book is mostly about is about creating real intimacy and um what i what i generally teach as sort of it's the beginning method is something called uh, emotional questions. And emotional questions are a technique that I developed using um, some of the neuroscience about how attraction happens. And also uh, that very fun New York Times article that came out 36 questions to fall in love, which is this idea that you can ask these 36 questions in a specific order and fall in love with anyone <laughs> is the idea. Is there any truth to it? Uh, you know, people experience deeper levels of intimacy. That's what that's what happens is once you get into this conversation, that's very intentional and very um, intimate and emotionally connected. You can end up feeling that you're in love with someone. Now, hmm. what love is, you know, is is a little bit of a <laughs> philosophical debate. Um, so is that I how people start kind of falling for their therapists and so forth because of that kind of intimacy in the questions? Absolutely. Right. Because you feel emotionally connected to them at a very deep level. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my questions are a little bit more the, the method I teach of emotional questions are not quite as pointed. Like I don't say just use the 36 questions and then <laughs> you'll, you'll have a successful date. Uh, what I teach are these emotional questions, which are open-ended questions and they have an emotional word in them. So an emotional word is any feeling word. So like feel is an emotional word. Love is an emotional word. Hate is an emotional word. And then any of the kind of the adverbs that get at an emotion. So like worst, favorite, um, and anything that's going to elicit an emotional response from the person being asked the question is an emotional question. So an example of that would be, how do you feel about your job? Right. And that's different from what do you do? Right. Mm. You can, you can probably feel that. Right. So and you're going to get a better answer too. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. 
right? Because yeah. you ask, what do you do? I do X as opposed to how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, just you, you can't just say, well, I do this. You got to explain. Exactly. And that way you learn what the other person actually thinks. Right. You, you learn how they actually relate to the work that they do and uh, and usually a bunch of other stuff. And that's a much better way to tell whether they are compatible with you and whether you're interested in who they are at a deeper level. Um, then just knowing like, well, you know, I'm a software developer with, you know, <laughs> such and such company that that really doesn't tell you anything about them in the end. So. 36 questions. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a look at that. So you shared something about your marriage. I'm going to share something about mine and, and just get your feedback on this. So I think I asked five questions. So I've been married 28 years now. So I, I think I asked five questions. So I met my wife uh, at work mm-hmm. and we went on a date and we basically just sat there and I, I asked questions about politics. I asked her for, position on, um, um, you know, having children. I mean, I went right, right down to, cause I, yeah. I was very interested in her. So I, I went yes. right down to make, you know, I was just, I was just checking my, I told you about bringing my list. I just checking mm-hmm. off my list and it all, it all aligned, thankfully. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so that probably doesn't work so much these days. Um, you know, I like to say it can work. That's what, you know, that's another part of what I have in the book is like, these are all rules that are made to be broken. Like there, there actually aren't hard and fast. Like this is definitely a no. And this is definitely a yes, because it's relationships and relationships are about people and people are crazy. (laughs) People are very different. All people, you know, that's that's why it's incredible to have an intimate relationship is because you can learn how different people are and how differently they see the world and experience life. Um, and so, you know, I give out these tips for sure, but you can also, you know, you go hard and fast and your wife was obviously receptive to that. Right. Um, and, and also if you work together, I also want to say you, you probably had a little bit of rapport already. Right. Right. Okay. So this, yeah, that's sure. also, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, again, don't really. The first remember. question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You'd had conversations before that. <laughs> we established that there was a mutual interest prior. Okay. Yeah. So this is, that's very important. That's very important. Um, Because then you're really on the same page as you're asking those questions. So she understands, okay, these are, this is the checklist, right? Like this is the checklist (laughs) of like, does this interest have the potential to go the distance? Whereas if you are meeting someone fresh off the internet or, um, you know, (laughs) even through a mutual acquaintance, it's a, it's a brand new, uh, connection right you don't have that rapport established to really to lean on (laughs) through through the political questions (laughs) you know just just talk just to bring that up again um politics is much more divisive these days is that i'm assuming some becoming a barrier uh, or or is that on people's lists just the way people are about politics these days it could make or break a relationship i would imagine we i know people that got not divorced, but they, they separated because they found out you know, over the last couple of years, they're far apart. I've know I have yeah. friends from high school who they're, they still talk to their parents, but 
they cannot talk about politics because they literally just lose their minds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's becoming very, very intense. And what I, what I've seen mainly in my crowd is the people um, caring about vaccines, you know, one mm. way or another, it's, you know, I, I need them to be vaccinated or I can't have them be vaccinated. Um, and there, there is this very polarized thing going on um, yeah. politically. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the views on the uh, on the vaccine follow the political viewpoints, right? So they're kind of similar in that way. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. So it's even maybe a thing that people are sort of. Uh, it's like the gatekeeper, like you're saying. It's like, okay, well, what do they believe then behind that? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we were going to talk. I think this. I think this will be something that people that have been married twenty plus years will may not have heard the word unless they have young kids. Tell me what being ghosted is and like define it and then kind of give me an example of maybe that happening and how that makes that person feel. Yes, absolutely. On the receiving end. So, ghosting uh, is when you are on an app usually, but it can also be over text and uh, the person stops responding, right? So they become a ghost. They just disappear from your life. Uh, and this can happen after a conversation. It can happen after a date. It can happen after several months of dating. And um, so there are kind of these separate levels that distinguish how people feel about that, right? If you've been dating someone, building a relationship with them for three months or so, and then they just disappear without a word, um, that's that's highly confusing and, and frustrating and heartbreaking often. Um, you know, hopefully, if it's just after a conversation, that's a little bit less, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, but, but there are definitely people who get into, into their emotions very intensely, even, even after a conversation. So uh, it, it really depends on you. Again, it depends on the person who, who is dating and, and again, their stuff, like it's really, it's very much about your stuff. Um, I, I was, I guess I was sort of ghosted before, before I started dating with the techniques I talk about in this book, uh, quite often, you could say, um, you know, it was, it was just like, there wasn't, there wasn't enough intimacy, right? There wasn't enough emotional connection in the dating that I was doing previously. Uh, and then men would just disappear from my life. Like that was, that was what they would do. And it was, for me, it was incredibly painful. I mean, it was very um, confronting, right? It's confronting to be like, well, I, I thought I was getting to know this person, but right. now they're gone. <laughs> um, and it was only through sort of really looking at my own intimacy stuff and noticing like, oh, you know, I don't even feel comfortable then like reaching out to them again a couple times to be like, hey, how are you? <laughs> um, you kind of want know. to hold back the next time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, it's true. I mean, it affects how you show up then later. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, you said earlier that uh, dating has changed a lot. Can you give an example of what you're referring to? And it just from, from hearing the, the conversations, it just seems people go into, I guess everyone's different, but they go into relationships different entirely. They just don't have a, that commitment or I don't know. 
I want to say like work ethic, like you have some ethics in dating, like that's kind of got, seems like it's gone out the window. Yeah, uh, definitely. People are not kind of on this ethical or, or even moral often place. They're, they're just, you know, we're kind of spoiled for choice because of the apps, right. That they do that to our mindset is like, well, it could be like 20 people today, you know, um, however many matches you get is however is the amount of people that you could be connecting with. And so it leads to this, yeah, kind of, it's a little bit cheaper, right? Everything's a little bit cheaper. Um, and, uh, casual relationships are definitely very common now. Um, other things that are happening is like polyamory is coming up like in big ways, just what is, very what is Polyamory is where you uh, have more than one partner by agreement. So, um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, in a family dynamic, uh, that 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 can't work long term. I mean, there's there's I think goes against the grain of true relationships. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I it would never work for me. Yeah, <laughs> it would never work for me. No. Yeah. Uh, I would, I, personally but it's like what are your thoughts yeah i i mean i have not participated in it or researched it so gotcha. i cannot i cannot say yet yay or nay officially uh yeah. but i definitely know there are people out there and who i am is someone who i don't i don't want that yeah. <laughs> that's not that isn't my goal um and uh yeah i mean it Why? requires so much communication and I am yeah. already working on just communication with one human. And that is <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> why, why do you think dating has become so casual in this way? Um, I, I think there are a lot of reasons for that. I think, you know, people are, uh, there's this, oh man. Yeah. How, how much time do we have? <laughs> there's like this changing of the family structure, right. That's going on right now. Um, it's always changing, but right now it's specifically quite, quite divided and we haven't filled in the gaps, right? Uh, like there have always been kind of absent fathers, but generally you lived with your entire extended family. So that was not quite as obvious or, you know, um, the dad needed to provide for the family. And so it wasn't weird that he was gone time or whatever. And now it's like that those dynamics don't work anymore. And so, we are seeing just, you know, divorce um, and all kinds of other relationship fracturing happening um, and then family fracturing. And then um, you could think of blended families, right? Then there are new marriages happen and then there are all kinds of different um, dynamics happening within the family itself. Um, and you know, what, what is love? What is marriage? Like, these are all questions that are being asked right now. It's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a huge shift. It's a huge shift going on in terms of, you know, what, what is a long-term commitment even, uh, Esther Perel is one of my big influences and she asked this question or talks about this, um, this distinction of, of monogamy, right? Like monogamy before we could say like a hundred years ago meant one person for life. Like monogamy was you, you're with one person for life. That's your person. And now monogamy is one person at a time. <laughs> I was, was going to step on you and say that. And then I, I, I wanted to hear you say it though. 
Yeah, that's it. That's the one. You've probably seen that interview. This is a great I know, talk. I didn't. Okay. Um, uh, I can recommend any of her work. It's really interesting. Uh, what, what was that? I, I recommend any of Esther Perel's work. She's Esther very Perel? Esther Perel. It's P-E-R-E-L. She's Belgian. Um, but and she her, her work is in English though. So, um, yeah. but it's very it's very interesting stuff. Relationships in the twenty first century is kind of her her expertise. She's a researcher. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, that's I mean that's really that is what we're doing now is like monogamy to be with one person is like and now I'm with this one person and then yeah. I'm with that one person uh, and. Just kind of the, you know, again, the, the ethical landscape that that creates is yeah. more casual. I mean, the the idea is not I'm making it work with this person um, or I'm showing up with this person. It's, you know, <laughs> I do what I, I want. I don't know where people get the energy to do that. Like you're saying, do. one conversation with one person, but to be dating multiple people simultaneously and trying to keep that in alignment and then on top of everything else you have going on in your life must be busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my approach, I enjoyed dating multiple people at a time for at least a month or two at the beginning. Like when I would first get on the apps, I liked to go out on several different dates, like to make a couple different connections because inevitably you have the connections that you're like, this is really important. <laughs> um, or it's very obvious when something isn't that great. Or you have the middle of the road connections where you're like, this is interesting. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, and uh, it kind of helps keep you honest <laughs> because something that can happen is you can get really attached to it, working out with one person and it doesn't um, because the other person's also an equal in the relationship. And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they don't want exactly what you want, then, uh, you know, that's a sign that it's not right for you. And it's hard to accept that sometimes if you put all your eggs in one basket and you really believe that this is the one for you. Um, so for me, it was helpful to at least uh, casually date for a while. Um, and then when it was time to take it to the next level, that's when I made decisions like, okay, now we're, you know, not talking to anyone else, not, you know, uh, not pursuing anything yeah. else, not on the apps anymore. So I guess, um, go for it. Sorry. I think my internet got connection got bad. <laughs> Are you still there? That's okay. I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're talking about the dating app. Um, that seems to be where most people are meeting these days. Do you have like uh, a, a list of best practices? Yes. Uh, so what I like to say is you, you want to make sure you have a great profile. Um, and, and that great. We're going to define as keeping it positive uh, remaining, you know, remaining positive on the profile. This is just your first impression. So you don't actually need to put in super crazy, meaningful things about yourself in order to attract a great match. You just want to keep it, uh, very authentic. You want to be really honest about who you are, but you also want to keep it pretty positive, um, in order to attract more, 
more attention and uh and the right kind of attention because that's the other thing is you don't want to be attracting uh more problems into your sex, relationship. sex clubs yes exactly <laughs> that's that's the one <laughs> <laughs> um and um and then when you start to chat, what I like to teach people is to initiate with a flirt. Uh, a flirt is an, a show of interest in who the other person is. So you're not you're not going overboard. <laughs> I don't you don't need to go overboard with like uh, being extra romantic yet with a stranger, but just a little bit of an indication about why you're interested in them and that you are interested in them. Um, and that just helps get the energy flowing in the conversation. And it, it lets the other person know that you do care about them, that you did look at their profile and you think they're interesting. That you would like to pursue at least a conversation with them uh, and adds a little bit of fun in it. Right? A flirt is usually a little bit fun. So it kind of gets the the fun activated in the conversation because um, a lot of people are having no fun in dating and it's not good. <laughs> um, it's yeah they, it does it's feeling like a job for a lot of people and um it doesn't have to so uh you want to introduce that little element of interest and fun and then move into the emotional questions um and those are going to let you know like we talked about they just let you know so much more about the person and what it's actually like to talk to them um rather than you know asking them these kind of pointed questions of like where did you grow up one word answer, right? Like you just, you just want to avoid that kind of communication, especially right off the bat when that's the only contact you've had with this person. You want to be really sure that you are asking really opening questions, like very um, important questions, we could say, like questions that actually are going to tell you about this person and, and how they relate to the world. Um, and then from there, you know, you just, hopefully you, you can build on that. Right. And then that's a, that's when you're getting into the intimacy building portion of the relationship. And if everything goes smoothly between the two of you, you know, you could be off to the races in often a very short time. I personally never spent more than a week on dating apps looking for matches, wow. um, because I used this system and it was very effective. <laughs> you know, it was just like, I put in a bunch of work for a week, finding different people who I enjoyed talking to, like I genuinely had a connection with. And then, um, from there, you know, I could move into the portion of actually meeting them and, um, getting to know, more about who they are and how they, you know, meeting in in real life and how they show up in the world and treat other people and that kind of stuff. Um, and the, it was very effective. It was very effective for me. Uh, kept it kept it quick and easy, less yeah. less painful. Um, didn't take as many things personally because it was like, oh well, obviously, you know, this person that I've met for two days is. <laughs> not right. that important in my life, you know, right. just really kept things very, uh, very obvious, we could say very obvious about what the level of relationship was. Are the dating, I'm assuming the dating app is, or apps are, that's the primary way people are meeting people these days. Are there other places people can go that you'd recommend to find relationships if they're not wanting to do the dating app? route? Absolutely. Dating apps are very direct, but 
people are still meeting in all of the same old traditional ways, being connected by family, uh, meeting, you know, at church or at different clubs. Um, definitely joining classes is a great thing to do if you want to meet someone new or they're in cities. If you live in a city, there are all of these meetup groups like hiking groups. Okay. Uh, you can join any kind of, you know, an artistic activity um improv theater groups things like that um i think even like toastmasters people met their person at it's like become involved in your community in ways that you are interested in that's really you know that's really the the best way to go about it is to go to places that you like <laughs> right like go to places you like and then there are going to be other people there who have um yeah, similar values, interests, and, um, you know, goals, we could even say goals in life, um, in terms of meeting other people or looking for a relationship, like, they're, they're out there, but you do have to go out. Yeah, my, my wife says, she goes, if she was to pass away to that, I should immediately, and I think she, her plan is to do the same thing, unfortunately, yeah. but to join a country club. Mm -hmm. She's going, she's going for someone rich this time, I think. Good thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know several people who met their person playing golf. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a good point. I'm not going to let her learn golf. So, yeah. <laughs> well, what didn't I ask you? I think we covered so much no, uh, here. I think this is fantastic. Um, you have any parting advice before we sign off? And I, then we'll talk about your book one more time and how people can find you. Yeah, I, I would just go back to that beginning point, because I think for the post-divorce situation, that's just the best, the best thing to keep in mind. And maybe the hardest thing, too, is to to remain in the fresh and the newness of uh, what it's like to meet someone new. Um, so really keeping an open mind about who they are and how relationships work and how dating is, you know, just really approaching it with a beginner's mind. Um, could it can just take you so far so so far so great advice i really enjoyed this conversation i know my listeners are going to be glad to, to hear something other than divorce uh this time around uh alana mckenzie page make sure you get her book the art of feminine seduction and then your website alana sovereign-dating.com i think you have additional information you have uh you can get on an email list and some other resources there. Yes, I have some flirtation classes for free. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I teach a lot of the stuff I just talked about in more depth, also called Sovereign Dating. Uh, same thing on um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm Sovereign Dating everywhere, everywhere and all over the place. You can find me. Um and yeah, I have uh, more podcast episodes and just lots of ways to learn more about how to date in the modern day. Awesome. Very much needed topic. And I, I appreciate your expertise. This has been, you know, I feel like I'm getting free dating advice, free marriage advice, free therapy when I interview experts like you guys. So I, I really appreciate it. I hope I asked some, some good questions. Um, the information that came back was, was awesome. But again, thank you so much. And I'll make sure to connect with you on all your various social media uh, outlets. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tim. Great questions. So My pleasure. Appreciate your time. All right.